Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Here we are with a great debate episode, man. It's going to be exciting. Um, some people don't even know what this is because we did the debate thing very late in yesterday or last week's show. That's perfect. Yeah. I love yeah. when we put gems at the end because it rewards the people who last that long. Facts. I think this is a highly anticipated episode. They never they like to hear us debate. And right. that was going to be like an actual whole episode of what they love. Facts. Facts. Um, we, we Before we even get to some debates, we're going to talk about stuff that's going on around the league. Let me rant a little bit, Mike, and then you can get to your comments of the day. Because, okay, Steph Curry has been ridiculously amazing recently, right? He's been averaging 41 points per game in nine games, shooting historic from the field. His efficiency is better than what it was in his unanimous MVP season. Right. He is on a crazy streak. So I tweeted, we're experiencing one of the greatest hot streaks in NBA history. That was my tweet. You know how many fucking James Harden Houston Rockets fans came into my mentions like, what about when Harden did this for 40 straight games? What about it, motherfucker? That was four years ago. You want me to talk about that in the present? Like people have this notion of you if you talking about something um, that's good now. You also have to reference shit that happened a long time ago. So I, I got to talk about Moses Malone when he did. It. I got to talk about Kobe when he did. It. I got to talk about when KD did it in his MVP season. Can I just praise Steph Curry right now without having to do like, but Steph Curry did this for 11 games. But remember when James Harden did it for 40? It's just, that's so, it's just so lame. It's just so lame. Me praising Steph Curry is not attack on James Harden's greatness. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just the word is stupid. People are stupid. That's just social media. Social media and sports is not the wave, bro. It's not the wave. Just like shout out to my boy. There's no nothing on him or against him. Josh got the juice. He, I woke up and I had a DM from him. And he was like, uh, um, would you st- would you still have would you still rank Jason Kidd above Chris Paul and your all time point guard list? I must have said that on some old podcast that I don't remember. And I was just like, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, because it's just like, like, that's what social media has become. It's like shit like that, what you were just talking about and lists. And it's like the in-between gap of like celebrating somebody. You can't really do that. You know what I mean? Everything is kind of just like, it's like lists and and like comparing. Right. So, right. Because Chris Paul passed Magic Johnson on assists. So like now we got to talk about where he lands in all times. Like, no, we don't have to do that every time. We don't yeah, and that's what I was trying to explain to him. Like, you know, I mean, I, I guess I still have a Jason Kidd because I don't I don't have like a pad where like every time, like you said, somebody accomplishes something, I go and I erase the name. And I'm like, no, nah, he's not six no more. I got to move him up to fifth. And pencil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people, people always do that. That's why even sometimes if you, have a conversation with somebody on some type of platform they'll be like man what's your top 10 shooting guards of all time like i'm gonna be like hold up let me pull out my list that i keep in my <laughs> back pocket oh uh, okay at eight i got it's just it's just pointless but yeah that's tw- twitter is like social media and sports is not where it's at to a certain degree like half the time i think people just they just comment what they want to just because they think they finna get some likes. so i mean some people going crazy people going to agree like I seen, yeah, obviously Stephen Curry been going crazy. Some I seen somebody call him Screen Boy, like, and that shit got like 15, 20 likes. I'm like, bro, this is how you rewarded people that just be saying this shit. It's gonna make them just comment it again. Screen like, Boy, 
screen boy. Like all he do is just come off screens all day. And, like he damn JJ Reddick up. People don't even be watching. He be ice and defending. Yeah. But even if that's all he did, what's the problem with that? <laughs> yeah, he still got to make the shot. He literally still has to make oh, some of the most. That's bro. social that's media for you. And that goes outside of sports. Social media is going to discredit anything they can. Literally. Like Drake can sell a gabillion records in the first week. And they're going to be like, well, push a T this temp. <laughs> yeah. Lil Wayne is Lil Wayne signed him. That's the only reason he did it. Like it's that's just social media, man. That's so shit's so crazy. You shouldn't have to give someone else credit, but also give other people credit at the same time. Like you can literally just give someone else love and not be thinking about anyone else. Like I feel like kids these days, they feel like you they don't want their favorite player to be forgotten. Yeah, they want you to still remember what their favorite player did while also giving. I wish that thing. was it. I don't even think that's it. I just think motherfuckers want to have some shit to say. Literally, if you could, like, even if you talk, like, I don't know. I just feel like somebody is. Anytime I look at some replies or somebody making like a a point or like a good tweet or just fact, it's always something that go against it. Man, the Clippers are on a five game winning streak. Well. It don't matter because they got to show us in the playoffs that it, <laughs> like anything, bro. It, anything. It's just, uh, what's up with like, these comments, though, man? Yeah. Uh, I was slacking last episode, so we got a decent amount of comments to start off with. Bad. First one comes from Jacob Daly, who says, we should do, like, fake debates. Kenny catching something onto ESPN has been doing for years. So, I mean, they I guess they has really do be going up there and, Doing all the damn debate, especially the MJ LeBron. The Le- MJ LeBron debate we did, I think that shit was funny as hell. We caught PAS off guard. Yeah. We should have just kept going with that shit. Yeah, yeah we didn't go, we didn't go far with that one. It's hard to fake that because it's just so lame. There's there's no <laughs> way we do that. And Pierre's like, oh, they for real. Because that's not, we've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> fake debates, uh-huh. man. For the the ratings. For the ratings. I don't know how people still care. Like if we named this video. Who's the true GOAT, MJ or LeBron? It will be one of the most viewed videos we've ever had, one of the most viewed <laughs> podcasts we've ever had. But we won't do it. We just won't. It's just not who we are. Yeah. yeah. Ryan yeah. class already told him the great debate. So. <laughs> uh, next comment comes from IMS. And I just thought this shit was funny because, first of all, he says convince D. Mitch. He posts, he's trying to say D. Mills. <laughs> Mike was like, Mike was over there for an hour reading that comment. Like, what is he? T- why is he talking about Donovan Mitchell right now? Avion <laughs> Mitchell, come on now. Oh, come on, convince D Mills took Pierre's girl in high school. I just thought that was funny. Uh oh. Wait, convince D Mills what? I guess he's saying since Pierre be on your ass so much, he must have took your girl in high school. Oh no, he's saying he must have took my girl in high school. Yeah, he's saying man. I'm on his ass so much that he's convinced that D Mills took my girl. Right. Oh, he, must have, he must have went to HSHS. How did he know that? He must have. He must have. <laughs> just nothing. <laughs> no. Nothing from D Mills. Yeah, I'm I, waiting for him to play on the joke. He just sat there. Yeah, I, I, the, the joke was so. That's the, the joke. The comment was so ass. Like same response, D Mills. And next, we got some inspirational That's comments. That's kind of the downfall of social media. Everybody's sensitive. We got some inspirational comments. Next one comes from Hallboy Jr. Y'all the reason I'm trying to relearn how to shoot after breaking my dominant hand and losing 60% of the rage in my motion. So he's on his tra- he's on back on his way 
So he being a monster in hardcore, he said that's all he wants to do. Baby steps, Brody. Baby steps. Comeback season. Comeback season. Sixty percent sounds crazy, bro. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sixty percent. Have hey, you yeah. ever seen? Do y'all watch Rick and Morty? Yep. Okay. Y'all know, episode, I catch it. y'all know the episode where uh, um, Morty like breaks his leg, and Rick goes like, I think he goes like different dimension or some shit. He comes back with like a serum. Yeah. He yeah, just yeah. injects it into his leg. Like, we we need that, bro. We need nice. that because these injuries are really killing us in the NBA, bro. Yep. Just fuck injuries in general. Uh, last comment comes from Makaya Rome, who says, shout out to y'all for helping me understand basketball a little bit more. I started really following the NBA seriously this season, and I'm starting to recognize names without even looking them up as much. As a female, I'll probably start following the WNBA, WNBA as well. Females, guys, loving it. Chill, Demios. Chill. Yeah. Somebody did yeah. put in the comments like, "Damn, you fan? Like, let me, you know, let me get your IG." I thought that was a D-mails burner. Hey, hey, don't burner. fall for it. Don't. Hey, yesterday was big on Twitter. People getting catfished and and stuff in the NBA community. Don't fall for it. But if <laughs> if, if this comment is true, we'll, we're super happy that you're following the NBA. That's actually some goals type shit because I'd be wanting to follow other sports, but I don't have a patience to like relearn everybody on each team. So the fact that you stuck to it, uh, shout out to you, shout out to you. But D-Mills again, yeah. Round of applause, that mean our job is done. That's all I be wanting to do. Help hey, hey, no, 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 we got, we got, we got one more comment. Okay, okay. One more comment, man, from Chills Cold. And this one just made me laugh. First of all, this shit was six hours ago. So this was late at night, like <laughs> two in the morning type shit. He says, just got off work late, got the kush ready. It's 3 a.m. Salute hey. y'all for keeping us tapped in, bro. Love from New York. It's, four, <laughs> it's 420, man. It's the, it's hey, the time. Happy 420, man. Happy, happy 420. 420. Man. And it's snowing here, by the way. 420 yeah. is snowing in Chicago. Supposed to rain and snow all day. That's yeah. No fun. Yeah. That's all right. So let me explain to y'all what this great debate is. Unless y'all want to just talk about some things going around the league, or should we just hop right into it? Let's hop right into it for me. Okay, so at the end of last episode, we just randomly started debating things. Whether you agree or disagree with it, you had to prove to the other two people that you won this debate. For example, me and Mike debated Otto Porter Jr. versus KCP. Um, It's not about who's actually better. It's who can present the better argument to prove to the other two that they are better. So we decided we want to do a whole episode of this. And this is the way it works over here. um, I am the master of the wheels. So on one wheel, I have all four of our names. You're going to spin it twice. And those are the two people that we will debate. And then the other two people are going to go against each other next, just so we don't have Mike debating 12 times this episode and emails only go three. Um, So Spin that wheel. Then we have another wheel that decides which tier of player will we go to. I went on to the athletics. Shout out to those people over there. They put together their own little tier list of superstars, stars. So if two players go against each other that y'all don't think should be in the same boat, don't come at us. Come at the athletic. You know what I'm saying? So then we have the other wheels, and I will be spinning. And then we will be assigning players to each person. All right? Are we ready for this? The first official one. You get one minute. One minute to prove your case. I'll be in charge of some time over here. And then the other person goes for a minute. And then there's a 30-second rebuttal phase. Um, and then the other two people will decide who won the actual debate. Let's get into it. First spin. The first person that needs to be pre- preparing is Mike. Okay. Let's Mike. Debating against. Debating against Derek. Okay. <laughs> debating against Derek. L- let's see what tier we get. We're going 
two tier number three, which is like they're above role okay. players. They're like starter caliber players, but pretty solid. Right. And let's see who we're spending for Mike first. Mike, you have Drew Holiday. You have to prove that Drew Holiday is better than Derek, who has Chris Middleton. Teammates, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Who is the better player on their own team? I'm, I'm getting my clock ready. Um, Mike, you're going to go first. I'm starting in three and two and one. Let's go. First of all, 10 times out of 10, I'm taking Drew Holiday over Chris Middleton just for the simple fact that I've seen Drew Holiday personally clamp down superstars when that shit mattered most in the playoffs. I've seen him eliminate, I'm going to say Damian Lillard at times and to get them you know, past them in the playoffs. And second of all, he has proved too that he could bring it on the offensive side too. 20 point per game score. He's hitting big shots, can play make two. And I mean, he's just reliable. You know, I don't think there's a, he's never been a year where I was like, okay, Drew Holiday kind of falling off or anything. This dude is a defensive player of the year type dude. It's a dude who's a great locker room. He's selfless. He doesn't care if he's got 10 points or he's got 30. He's still going to give you the same energy every single night. And also, this dude is a, he's a dude that is a, is a topper. There was teams looking at this guy to be like, okay, maybe we can win a chance. There's a reason why Milwaukee had went out and got him so they could save their MVP from walk, walking away. This is that type of time. Dude. I flashed 10 seconds to let you know that you had 10 seconds left. That's a wrap. Derek, your, your, your time. Convince us why Chris Middleton is the guy in three and two and one. Chris Middleton is one of the most efficient scores we've seen in the last few years. You talking about dude that's consistently in a 50-40-90. He provides spacing for one of the best players in the league. And he's also a guy that you can also put on the other team's best player. And we talking about a man that's not afraid of the big moment. Chris Middleton is known as that closer for that team. He consistently makes big shots. We saw him in the playoffs hit that crazy shot from half court against the Celtics in a big upset win. And then he consistently is a guy that you can put the ball in the hand. He's showing us that he can go out and get you eight, nine assists a game sometimes. And he's just the epitome of consistency. I feel like Chris Middleton shows up every night. He's not going to hurt your team. I feel like he's one of those dudes where he's consistently just going to help your team. And then you added Drew Holiday to that team, and they still are damn near the same team. Like, he, Drew Holiday was added to that team, but he hasn't significantly improved that team. Um but if you take Chris Middleton off that team, I'm pretty sure that team is pretty average, if you ask me. Exactly one minute. He he had his time gone. <laughs> okay, Mike, you have a 30-second rebuttal starting now. I, I agree with a lot of things he said. I don't think that necessarily like, taking Drew Holiday off that team, they're going to just going to be some. The reason why they're below average, it seems, is it's kind of like fell back. They haven't been on the regular season like that all that. They've had stretches where they look like dominant. But they've also had stretches where Giannis has just missed games, and you're going to miss games when the MVP is out like that. But they still play a hell of a game. A lot of times they be fighting their way to OT, and a lot of that is because of Drew Holiday. And that is a wrap. Derek, you have 30 seconds to, to close it out, and then me and Pierre will deliberate starting now. I mean, you said that Drew Holiday is the reason why they always find their way into OT. I feel like Chris Middleton's the guy that they always had a ball in his hands late in the games. Like, they literally run the offense through him and Giannis. Drew Holiday kind of just spots up and he gets his shots here and there. But primarily, that ball is in Chris Middleton's hands creating shots. And usually, it's always being kicked out to him and for those open threes that Giannis are creating for him. So, I'm, I'm going with – I think Chris Middleton is the better player. Okay. 
hey, both of y'all put together very compelling arguments, very, very compelling arguments. And I think this is a good first one because it's a conversation. It's really a conversation. Who's the second best player on the Bucks? So, Pierre, what, what are your thoughts right now as we decide who is the winner? My thoughts are, well, first of all, I want to remind the people at home because there was some confusion with the last episode. The purpose isn't who we think is better. Right. These gentlemen are given names and they have to make it work, whether it's what they believe or not. Let's get that understood because a lot of people was not a lot, but a dude in particular hit me up on Twitter after me and D Mills debated and was talking to me about Wiggins and the Harrison Barnes thing. When I, I that's not even what I was, you know, what I, mean? I just have to argue my point. <laughs> so, again, not that I think that Chris Middleton is better, but Derek convinced me. Derek convinced me. I I, I I just think from the get-go, Derek sounded like a guy who watches Bucks games. Like, he went into more detail. Mike made solid points about Drew Holiday as a player, but Derek sounded like he watches Bucks games. You know what I mean? He had certain shit listed that, Mike, you were kind of more like, oh, he locked up Damian Lillard, you know what I mean, which was like years ago. But as far as the Bucks, Drew Holiday, like right now, you didn't really say shit. And Derek made a great point that – um shit they added you holiday and they kind of the same <laughs> they was they had better years without his ass and you know again not that i think that chris middleton is better than drew holiday or if he's way better or anything but for the sake of the arguments i think Derek, and i think Derek kind of probably does actually like chris middleton because it sounds like he watches him and stuff but mike you ain't give me no numbers you, you you ain't really tell me shit really much besides him defensively um and D Mills rebuttal was was right. Shit, a lot of the times when they are in those overtimes and whatnot, they are kind of rolling through Drew, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. He gets his, but he just gets it. But Chris Middleton is like the only thing I D, D Mills. You kind of said that eight or nine assist thing loosely, <laughs> he, 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 yeah. but you said like he can get it to you any other game, and it's like he's done it. But he ain't you know what fucking. But yeah. That, that, that was a great first round. That was very great. Was, you, yeah. Both of y'all did good if things. I have, yeah. If I, if I have to give the edge, it, it will be the D-Mills just because he sounds like he watches Bucks games more than Mike. Mike, I, I like I like some of your points that every team was trying to get him. That was a fact. Um, mm-hmm. Locker room guy, that was a fact. Um, one thing I was hoping that you mentioned, and maybe you don't even know this, it seems like every player, when you ask them who is the hardest person to score on when it comes to guards, they always say Drew Holiday. And you kind of talked about that, him clamping up Damian Lillard, him clamping up his best player. But I think if you were to say it like, man, JJ said that this is the hardest player to score on. Bradley Beal said this is the hardest player to score on. That could have gave you some some more points. But I agree with Pierre. I think Derek takes this round. Um because, I mean, what he said was very, very true as far as the ball being through him. Just yesterday in this Phoenix Suns game, Chris Middleton hit the biggest shot of the game for them. You know what I'm saying? Those are the type of things that you get. Um, but before we move on to me and Pierre, Derek, you get that win. Mike, who do you think is actually better? I'm taking Drew Holiday. What about you, Derek? I would take Chris Middleton. He's a multiple. Oh, okay. There you go. It's the perfect debate there. They both <laughs> debate the stuff they like. All right, Naz. I'm probably taking Drew Holiday, but I got to get Derek the argument. Here we go, me and Pierre. I'm spinning it to see what tier player we're going wait, to. Wait, spin it to see who we going. Who gonna go first? Oh, okay, I got you. Spinning it between just us two. One is me, two is you. I am going first. Okay. And we're going to tier number three, standing where we were. One, Perfect. two, three. I am debating for Draymond Green. 
That's a fucking good one. <laughs> and you are debating for Kyle Lowry. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay. All right. Are my judges ready for me to start the timer? I'm listening. Okay. Got you. Three, two, one. Draymond Green is the best role player we have ever seen in the game of basketball. The man is such a good role player that this man got an all-star nod with 10 points per game. You know what I'm saying? He is a great defender, great playmaker, and more than that, that is better than that. Because even right now, his on-the-court play ain't as good as it was three years ago when he was shooting 30-40% from three. But as a on-court coach, as a leader, Draymond Green is a top-tier player. We are raking league leaders. We have people like Chris Paul. Damian Lillard, Stephen Curry's up there too, but on court, it is Draymond Green. Think about all the progressing that he has helped with James Wiseman this season, where he's on the court telling James, you got to be here, you got to be here. This team does not roll the way they do if Draymond is not in this lineup, and it has been proven before. We're talking about a guy that is a 6'6", power four. He can switch onto guards still, even though he's worse now, switch onto guards and also play small ball five against some of the best bigs in the league. I've seen him play against Cat and clamp up against Cat. That is my minute okay pierre you ready yes sir starting in three and two and one go the thing about kyle lowry that i prefer in my guards is that he's a winner i'm not the biggest kyle lowry fan but everywhere he goes for the most part he's won it's the reason why he was one of the biggest names at the trade deadline like drew holiday every team wanted him and we paid attention to the entire deadline to see where he was going to go because he would change the entire playoffs this is a guy who's a champion he won in Toronto where they weren't really used to winning with the Rosen. It wasn't enough. Kawhi come in. Who's the first person that brings Kawhi in and hugs him, gets him acclimated and comfortable? Kyle Lowry, a real leader. This is a dude who's clutch. He's hit some big-time shots. This is a guy who's, who's gotten 10 rebound games as a little bitty-ass guard when they needed in the playoffs. He's not a lockdown defender, but he does enough. He's gritty. He's tough mentally. Um, a guy that's been an 18-8 and eight type point guard for the majority of his career. Got it out the mud. Uh, champion, and also just a guy that you want in that in that 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 dog fight. You know what I mean? We call him a pit bull for a reason. Hey, I love Kyle Lowry, and I think he can coexist in a lot of different teams with a lot of different players. Time. Um, I have a thirty second rebuttal, and go. So you mentioned dog fight. There's one real big dog in the league, and that's Draymond Green. Whether he is yapping or he is using the play, it is very very rare for Draymond Green to have bonehead type plays. It happened once this season when a man tried to shoot from half court. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But other than that, he is one of the smartest players in the league. He is one of the, the biggest leaders in the league. And I, I know you mentioned Kyle Lowry as a winner. He got one ring. How many Draymond got? That is a true definition of a winner. My rebuttal to that. Oh, well, I'll let you start the clock. Go ahead. Oh, my rebuttal to that is the Kyle Lowry's ring came against Draymond Green. Draymond Green may be intelligent, but he's not smart enough to hold himself back, which is why LeBron James and the Cavs are able to come back because he got himself ejected and suspended. He's also the reason that a lot of people think Kevin Durant is gone because of his temper. And Draymond Green played with two of the best shooters and a Kevin Durant, one of the greatest scorers of all time, and that's why he's winning. I've never seen him do it alone. Kyle Lowry ain't have three superstars, and he did it. That's time. I could win with that. That's time. <laughs> oh, all right. That was that rebuttal from P was very convincing. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm sorry. I... Judges? Never, never in a million years right. I think I was going to get Kyle Lowry. <laughs> I was hey, not prepared to right. talk. I'll go first for man. 
He, I'm not gonna lie. The, even Tim just talked about Kyle Larry. I was like, okay, I'm starting to lean towards P. But a lot of shit that P was saying, KB had he he caught it back in his rebuttal. He's like, okay, he a winner. He do this. He Draymond does all that shit. And he got three rings. And I was like, okay, I might have to roll with the dude that's been doing this shit and look like he's been doing this shit for a while. Then, so I'm gonna have to go with KB. Oh, I'm gonna go with KB as well. Um. It's just it's hard to argue Kyle Lowry against Draymond, honestly. I, he did a great job, honestly. That rebuttal when he said that. No, I I definitely won. thought that rebuttal was all he needed, bro. I, I honestly, Pete, if I was a judge here listening to our debates, you would have got my vote strictly based off the rebuttal. The man Draymond kicked Stephen Adams in the in the dick, and that's the reason why LeBron was able to come back and win that series. Like, like I, I would have gave you the vote. I would have gave you the vote. Yeah. But yeah, arguing Kyle Lowry is hard, and I don't want Raptors fans talking about how good of a player he is because we know how good of a player he is. But it's hard to put that into words. You know what I'm saying? With Draymond, he won a Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he's won championships, he, and his biggest game of his life was a Game Seven in the Finals. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't even mention that. But like, it's easier to argue Draymond, even though we all know at this point in their careers, Kyle Lowry is the better player. Yeah. Right? Everybody agree on that, or am I just talking? Yeah. No, yeah. Unless Clay Thompson come back and change that team dynamically and Draymond is on some shit next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Debate number two, rounds number two. We have me going against. Yeah. Watch this. This is how the fucking system is. Derek. Okay. Okay, D Mills, let's get it. Let's see what tier player. Hopefully we don't get three again. We got two threes. And we're going to tier number two. All right. Okay. So I'm spinning for myself first. The player I have to argue is Jimmy Butler. Ooh. And you have to argue. I don't know why this player is on this list. Nikola Jokic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This could be, um, be a good one. Do you want to go first, emails, or should I, should I open up? Uh, he's got the easy one, bro. Let him go first, man. Okay. All right. All right. You can start at three, two, one, go. You're talking about the best center in the league in Nikola Jokic, the guy that you can run your offense to facilitate. You're talking about a man that can go out and get you 47, 15, and 8 when he really need to. Jokic is one of those guys where no team wants to go against him because they know you never know which one you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get the Magic Johnson type where he's throwing no-look dimes getting guys involved, or you're going to get the dude that's going to give you 50. I think Jokic is one of those unicorns when you talk about a big. He could do it all on the court. Defensively, one-on-one, he's solid in the post, but he might not be good on the perimeter. But you're not going to ask him to do that. You surround him with good defenders, and you hide that. And I think Jokic is one of those dudes where there's no flaws in this game. There's flawless. He's the flawless player when you talk about offensively. He brings it all, and it's just Jokic is the MVP candidate. When you're an MVP caliber player, you really there's nothing more else to say about your name. Your game comes out and you speak on it every night. Time. And no matter what he has around him, he makes it work. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm starting up in three and two and one. Jimmy Butler is a dog. In every instance of the word. 
he is a guy that I've seen plenty of times in these last two seasons where I give him the ball with our team down by six and say, we need to win this game. And he has done that time in and time out. People always talk about Trey Young. People always talk about James Harden and their drawing foul ability. Jimmy Butler is in the same tier of player. When the game is slowed down, Jimmy Butler is the guy you want to have on your team. This is a guy that just led a team that was one of the lower seeds in the history of basketball to make a title run. And not only just that, there were two games in that series where he's going against LeBron. He's going against Anthony Davis. But he was the best player in those games. We're talking about 40-point triple-doubles in, in the finals. In the finals with a team of ragtag guys that, listen, the, the Miami Heat are good, but they weren't championship quality good, and they took it all the way to six, and a lot of that is due to Jimmy Butler. The picture of him on the side with his head down, that was real. He gave it his all in that series, and he was the leader. He was the guy. I'll play LeBron two times. How many people can say they've done that? All right. Okay. Uh, your rebuttal starting in three, two, one. Uh... Jimmy Butler and that Miami Heat team, you can argue that they're a product of the bubble. Um, they they haven't really shown us much outside of the bubble. Um, when you put them in this regular season, they have been a team that's kind of played very subpar from what we expected from them. Jokic has put this team on his back throughout the whole regular season. Uh, even without Jamal Murray, they're coming out and still winning tough games. He's still giving you big games night in and night out. And you're talking about a guy whose footwork in the post is elite. And then he's done. really good at drawing fouls as well. Okay. You say product of the bubble. I say playoff caliber players. I'm talking about winners when the game matters. You think Jimmy Butler give a damn about game seven of the NBA season? No, he care about game seven of the playoffs, baby. Jokic is a very amazing player, but I, he's very far from a dog. And if I want somebody leading my team, I want a dog. I want a guy that I know that can clamp up your best player and score when buckets need to be scored. And that guy is Jimmy, no middle name, Butler. Mike, you go for it. This is, this is tough. It is. Because, it is. Well, maybe I'll go first. But <laughs> D-Mills, you saved yourself with your rebuttal, bro. Because for you to have Jokic... You wasn't talking how you were talking for Middleton with Jokic, which I, I just knew you was going to come in and own this one because of how you did with Middleton. Who That was a tougher thing. Jokic right now is like this over Jimmy Butler, but you still kind of gave KB this room to, like, make it match. He was hitting on, like, the, the strongest points he was hitting on from last year. You know what I mean? Like, now that that's in my mind, all I'm thinking about is Jimmy Butler in that bubble hitting them, them little mid-range shots. Like, it's just literally in my mind running. Like, damn, he was really out there. I forgot Jimmy Butler was having 40-point games and shit on the Lakers. I for real, for real forget. So now that that's fresh in my mind, I forgot what your first point was. I literally couldn't even remember what you were saying. Like, and then you was like, well, shit, that's a product of the bubble. Then I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and Jokic, Jamal Murray out, he's still putting him on his back. The footwork shit, you could have missed me with that. That was kind of irrelevant at that mm -hmm. point. But <laughs> I, did, I did like your rebuttal. It's, it's tough for me, man. It's the, Maybe Mike can help sway me if he bring up some shit I mm -hmm. forgot. Yeah, KB had me, especially his, like, yeah, the man did it in the finals when that shit mattered most against LeBron and AD. You're right, though. He could have let the full work on. I thought he was going to touch on, like, just Jokic being clutches. He's been one of the clutches motherfuckers in the league. Literally just a, he took his team to a double OT yesterday and, and won that game. But um, I think his rebuttal 
when he was saying like the product of the, you know, he was a product of the bubble, he caught his ass right there. Cause Miami, he really ain't been on shit, you know, <laughs> in the regular season so far. So I thought, I thought that was good enough, but yeah, like you said, him having Jokic, KB, you did a damn good job with like yeah, trying to catch yeah. back up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Who, who, who your point going to Mike? Cause this shit is. I, I'm gonna give it to Derek, man. I'm gonna give it to Derek. I mean, that was kind of a hard bag to fumble. But I almost did. <laughs> hey, another thing, bro. Please don't say a player is flawless, bro. What happens if it's a tie? What happens if it's a tie? Like right now, if I say my point go to KB, what happens? The comments decide, I guess. I think that's what okay. we go to. Let the comments I'm decide. Go KB. I'm gonna go one one so we can because it was it was because again, Derek, your rebuttal was was strong, and I think that's one of the biggest parts of the argument is is the response to it. But then, Contreras, for you to have the lesser player and make it to where he had to rebuttal, that got to get some love, too. So, I'm going to say it's 1-1 for me. Bet. All right, comments, let us know who won. D-Mills, I think, D-Mills, you put up a very good argument as well, though. The the product of the bubble shit was big. I was hoping yeah, you didn't was- bring that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike and Pierre, let's see what tier we're going to. I want to see the superstar tier, baby. And that's exactly where we're going. Let's okay, him, superstar tier. Mike, you are debating for LeBron. <laughs> All right. Lakers. Okay. Uh, Pierre, you are debating for Kevin Durant. Here it is. That could be the thumbnail. That could be the thumbnail. <laughs> the title. <laughs> Mike, a minute is added to the clock. You can start right now. I, it, the greatest person to ever damn touch a ball is LeBron James. Dude has been to 10 straight finals. People couldn't even sniff one finals in their damn NBA career. This dude at this time is still the best player in the league at age 37 years old. Still aging with fine wine. Don't act like before he got hurt, the man wasn't still putting up his best three-point shooting numbers. He had to unload the the shot for y'all because y'all thought he could only attack the basket. He's still doing that, too. He said, I'm not taking no load management off. I don't care if I just won a championship, but they want to start the season up three seasons or three months later, I'm still ready to go. He's looking like he's about to come back and, and still take over the league, man. Uh, you're talking about a dude that literally has been in every spot that a player could dream of. I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even do this. Because <laughs> like, I don't know, bro. It'd it be hard to kind of like keep track of where you all going with this shit. What bro. you have you the greatest? Pl- you have obviously one of the the greatest player of all time. You like I can't even make an argument for. <laughs> no, I can't make your argument. That's too much shit to say. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. You gave us a minute of nothing. You just I was so for to say this would be an easy one. I'm ready when y'all are. All right, starting Pierre in three, two, one, go. Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer we have ever seen. He scores everywhere he goes. He scored on LeBron James countless times in the finals, so much that LeBron had to leave his home, Cleveland, and go to L.A. and relocate because he didn't want to see that boy out there in Golden State. Um, Kevin Durant is a guy who gave the Toronto Raptors and Kyle Lowry, I was just talking about, a damn near heart attack on one leg. This is the, uh, we're talking about Achilles injury that he didn't really even phase him. The greatest score of all time. When he went to Golden State, he had to rev up his defense. Did that. He played with Steph Curry, the unanimous MVP, and he was the best player on the team. I mean, what more do we have to say? He can play with anybody. LeBron James, as great as he is, when you play with him, there's things that he turns off for players. Chris Bosh is all of a sudden a spot up three. Kevin Love is not like the Kevin Love we saw in Minnesota. Kyrie Irving has to kind of be a spot up shooter. 
Kevin Durant, when you play with him, he allows you to be whoever it is you want to be. James Harden still ball dominant. Kyrie still gets 37 points per game. Clay and Steph are still able to shoot. Draymond still point forward. Russell Westbrook was still huh. Russell Westbrook. Mike, you got a 30-second rebuttal. Do you want to use it or or no, I do. <laughs> All right, starting. Wait, 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 wait. Three, two, one, go. It's the reason why Kevin Durant has always been number two. It's because one man can always do it better. I don't care how good of a, a score Kevin Durant is. His ass don't can't finish the damn job. He got to the finals, lost to LeBron. Can't finish the job against Golden State. Was up 3-1 and lost to them. LeBron James is a dude, when it's time to get down to business, you're not beating him unless your ass got a damn semi, unless you got a damn team that's winning a, a dynasty. One that's got damn three all-stars on the team. No. Pierre. I got to go Pierre. He ain't even rebutted yet. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you even have to. Derek already gave you his vote without hearing your second argument. Do you still want to use it? I'll use it. Okay, starting in three, two, one, go. Well, shit, LeBron James himself need to die as a team. Everywhere he go, he got at least two uh, all-stars, damn, and superstars with him. So that argument was dumb. He's practically the reason Kevin Durant had to go to Golden State. Kevin Durant was was going to have to play against fucking Kyrie, Love, and LeBron by himself, or with Russell Westbrook, who isn't the best uh, co-star. But Kevin Durant, man, is, is a flawless basketball player. He's seven foot. And like I said, all of this LeBron talk, when it was mano y mano, he was letting that bitch ride in his face. All right, Derek, do your your vote still stands? Yeah, Mike's rebuttal was pretty bad. That's the original debate. But you know what? I think Mike's rebuttal was better than his whole first minute. I, I, I think that. so, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I think it's because y'all said something. If if nobody said nothing, then we just pretended like it wasn't shit. <laughs> he probably would. But, yeah, that first shit, for you to have LeBron in the last yeah. 10 seconds, you like, shit, I already, I already even know. <laughs> like, that was wild. You damn near fucked my shit up. I was I was game planning to have to say a lot of different things that you was like, oh no. Oh, what the fuck? And off the flash should be hurting me, bro. I, it's I tough. It is tough. tough. It is tough. But you you had tough. LeBron though. Yeah, <laughs> you did a better job of fucking Drew Holiday than LeBron, bro. That is crazy. That's crazy. Uh my vote also goes for Pierre. Um simple. Uh Damn, now LeBron's off the list. Nobody will be able to debate LeBron anymore. Mike, you fucked up LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> they might uh, get on your ass in the comments for that one. I'm spinning it again. We got Mike. Here's your redemption arc. Let's see who you're going against. You're going against me. Okay. Uh okay. let's let's see what tier player we get. We ain't got that that last tier oh. just yet. Mike finna have to disagree with KB. Number two. Uh oh. I'm hoping for tier four, bro. Well, this is I tier two. Tier four. You got Jason Tatum. Oh. I got. Hopefully, it's Brandon Ingram. <laughs> I have Rudy Gobert. This is great. This is great. This is right. You got to come with it. This is a dude he likes, so he already know a lot of shit off the top of his head. Okay, Mike, we're starting up in three and two. This is you, by the way. You run first. Three, two, one, go. We talk about one of the best young scorers in the league. He is a little three-level scorer, can hit you from the paint, mid-range to three. He's actually added his the three-point game is probably his most lethal thing at this point. The step back three is a grown man move. And not only is that just a people think to say that's a bad shit. That's his shot. His ass has hit that shit so many times. 
I literally, my heart be dropping when he hits it, and he hits it in big times too. He's going to hit it in the big moments. I've seen him hit countless game winners. I've seen him turn down the Wizards. I've seen him put the, the Philadelphia 76ers away. I've seen him put the Bucks away. I've seen all that. The man is literally one of the best scorers I've seen. And not only that, too, his ass is getting to the free throw line now. Uh, <laughs> that made it be long, bro. That made it be long. Did you say you know? Say you know. You know you're I was thinking of argument points for you in my head. I was hoping you would hit them. I'm, bro, why you, why you thinking? It's hard while you also talking, too, because you're trying to find this shit. All right. Um, here we go. Starting up at three and two and one. Rudy Gobert is the best player on the best team in basketball right now. He's the most impactful player on the team. Talk about a guy that's leading the league in screen assists every single year. The pick and roll with him and Donovan Mitchell. The pick and roll with him and Mike Conley. The pick and roll with him and Joe Ingles. It don't fucking matter who the ball handler is. It is elite because Rudy Gobert goes up there and gets it. And his screens are so nice that we get the Mike Conley step back threes. We get the Donovan Mitchell threes because he is setting these screens. This man is about to hit an elite club. There are very few players in NBA history to win three defensive player of the years, and he is on track to do that again. This is one of the most lethal defensive teams in modern-day basketball. Every day seems like everybody's scoring 120 points, not against the Utah Jazz. I remember when, when they were going against Russell Westbrook. I remember the, the shot chart of Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook had been a guy that's getting to the basket every single play for a whole playoff series, for a whole regular season, and then he went against the Jazz. And now those paint, paint points are pull-up mid-ranges. Everybody is scared to go into the paint when Rudy Gobert is down there. That's the three-time defensive player of the year. Rebuttal in three, two, one. Every every player is scared to go against Rudy Gobert in the paint. But, hey, when, let him go against a, a person that can shoot that damn pill. Ain't nobody scared of that man. He, I've seen that man get taken out the playoffs. You can't take Jason Tatum out the playoffs in the game. You're going to literally have to make sure you slow his ass down. As young as he is, he's been to the he's been to the conference finals. He's been to deep in the playoffs, and he's still been the Jason Tatum we know and love and seen the regular season. Can't say we say seen the same thing about the defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Damn. All right, rebuttal, and three, and two, and one. That happened one fucking time against a guy that's no longer in his conference. He don't have to play against James Harden unless they meet in the finals anymore. Other than that, this man has been on the court every single moment the Utah Jazz have had. He's been there. He's been having these moments. Jason Tatum, as good as he is, I have seen him in the playoff series kind of step step back a little bit. And you can give that to his age or whatever, but we he, he has been in the conference finals, but he hasn't been in the conference finals. You know what I'm saying? His best regular season or his best postseason moment is what? Dunking on LeBron when a rookie? He has been on a team that's been to the conference finals, but that's that's it. That was good. That was good. I think, Mike, you went into this, you, you ran into the same wall. Your rebuttals is a better than your first half because the first half, you don't use your full minute. When you're done talking about your player and hyping up your player, you should just start talking about the other player and what you don't like about them. You save that for your rebuttal. If you would have added what you said about Rudy, what he don't do, what you don't like about him in your first part, KB says what he says. Now you got an extra statement to use, but you make yourself limited because you only use 40 of your minute right. talking about Tatum. And then you say shit like... Uh, his step back. He ain't got no step back. It's a side step. It so is I, a side. I, I, I gotta drop you a point for not, you know what I'm saying. So you gotta get that type of information right, my brother. Yeah. But no, I'm gonna give KB the point. But Mike, you almost there. You yes. just keep that minute. You use 45 seconds, and you just like, eh. Then you do that, eh, man. I don't know, bro. You your your sorry. rebuttal, your rebuttal, bodied me. I had no, I had nothing to say. I had nothing to say. 
Because I know I said it only happened against one player. That's that's Cap. <laughs> Jokic was dominating that nigga in the playoffs last year, too. <laughs> I, thought I, gonna say, I thought he was going to say Jokic gave him enough. Not somebody that could shoot, but shit. A motherfucker who got that, that business. Yeah, you could have just said, bro, any I, any one-on-one against Rudy Gobert, he's getting dominated. <laughs> you know, you could that would have been it. I, I had no rebuttal for that. You know what I'm saying? He's a great team defender. But, um, yeah, bro, you there's a, I mean, I feel like there's a lot you could say for Jason Tatum. And I think my rebuttal to you was bad about Jason Tatum because he's been amazing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't make it to you don't make it to three conference finals out of four and just be like he was just there. He's been you know the guy on a couple of those teams. So, um, what about you, Derek? Uh, I'm going KB. I just thought you had better arguments. I feel like Mike missed a lot of things he could have said about Rudy Gobert and Tatum. Mm. You just big criticism, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Where's y'all turn? All right, we 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 no positive. He just misses shit. Nothing positive to say. That's all right. <laughs> We're going got, to tier four for the first I time. For you, Mike. I'm gonna I'm I'm do it to his ass for you, Mike. Since he just tier four, just criticism. Who's first? Who am I spending for first? Been uh, our names to see who who come up first. Right. Yep, good point. Um, Derek, you I landed on me, but your name is closer to me, so we're saying it's you. Um, here we go. Tier four player. We ain't he's been a, here just yet. He's a bad player, right? No, no, they're not bad. You got Jay Crowder. Oh shit. Not, no, you're not. Yeah, there are no bad players on this list. These are just more role players than previously. Jay Crowder. Oh my god, in my eye versus Buddy Hield. Okay. You know? All right, Derek, you start in three, in two, and one. So we're talking about a man that every team in the NBA would love to have on their roster. A man that you could put on any other player in the league, and he's gonna go out and put his heart and soul into it. Jay Crowder is one of those pit bulls where nobody really wants to go against him because he's going to give you 110% on every possession. Um, and then you talk about a dude that's going to consistently shoot over 35% from three. He can put the ball on the floor, get to the rim sometimes. And he's also just a glue guy. He's one of those dudes that everybody's seen to love, ha- love to have in a locker room. He was a big part of that heat run that got into the finals. He added that versatility to their lineup that they missing right now. They really miss that versatility in his defensive ability right now. Buddy Hill is one of those dudes where you don't know what you're going to get from him every night. Buddy Hill is consistently, like, cold or either he's smoking hot. There's no in-between with Buddy Hill. Jay Crowder, at least you're getting a consistently level of offense and defense from him. If you're not getting the offense, at least you know for a fact you don't get a dude that's diving on the floor for loose balls. He's going to be in the other team's best play of phase. Time. <laughs> okay. Pierre, time is starting in three, two. And one, go. I find it funny that he says Jay Crowder is a guy that 30 teams let have had in the locker room and every offseason it seems like he's available. So that has to be a lie. If he's so fucking good and he's so, you know, big for these teams, why the fuck is he always on a new team? You know what I mean? He does uh, uh, contribute in some ways to help teams, but he's sure as hell always on available and in a new fucking rock. Like since we've done a podcast, it's been on like nine teams. Buddy Hield is a product of a guy being in a bad situation in Sacramento. These are. This is an organization who's fumbled the ball so many different times that I can't even really put too much of it on Buddy Hill. This is a guy who's a spot-up, lights-out shooter that I've seen Luke Walton try to be, make be a playmaker. So is that Buddy Hill's fault or is that Luke Walton's fault for not knowing who the fuck he's coaching? I'm going to say that that's Luke Walton's fault. I believe that if we put Buddy Hill on some of these other contending teams, we'd be talking about a different player. And we'd be t- – like, imagine if Buddy Hill – was on a Philadelphia 76 just catch and shoot. That'd be a whole different scenario. He'd be, he'd be a bigger Seth Curry, and we'd be talking about him in a different light. But him, 
Derek, 30 second rebuttal starts now. Saying that he's a product of his environment doesn't have anything to do with him, his ability to be a consistent basketball player. You could, There's bad players. There's players that be in bad situations like Carl Anthony Towns where they still come out and they give you that work every night. Buddy Hill still – he's not a dude that's going to show up every night and consistently give you that work on the other end. And defensively, you're talking about a dude who ain't going to really give you shit. So what, what if he's not scoring, what is Buddy Hill really doing on the court? There's not really much that he could do other than shoot the ball. And when he ain't doing that – Time. Uh, Pierre, close us out in three, two, one. Well, Buddy Hill isn't Carney Towns. That's not my argument. Carney Towns is a, a bona fide number one overall player guy. He's he's going to do that. But there's nothing wrong with being a Buddy Hill type player. It, uh, Buddy Hill is not a bad player at all. If that's your argument saying because he can only shoot, he's bad. That's the number one thing that NBA teams are looking for, shooting. Jay Crowder is the one that's always available, not Buddy Hill. We haven't seen Buddy Hill on 17 teams. We've seen that from Jay Crowder. So he can't be as valuable as him. Next year, he'll probably be in a fucking Bulls uniform. <laughs> I'd love it. I'd love it if that was the case, Loki. Okay. Okay. This is good. That was this good is, as bro, hell, bro. Hard. This that was, was good. This might be a damn time, bro. <laughs> I say Derek's arguments was good as hell, bro. From the, from the main argument to the rebuttal, he had it, he had it right. Here, here, every time, like, he just matched whatever Derek said. Like, every time Derek was giving good points, Pierre was just matching them bitches. Same thing with the rebuttal. Like, even Derek's rebuttal, I think that shit was clean as hell. <laughs> the whole thing was like, if Buddy Hill ain't hitting his shots, what the hell is he? Jay Crowder, at least he, you know, he can play defense. He said that. But Pierre was like, shit, I mean, Buddy Hill, he was just putting Buddy Hill in the right situation. So that, that might have to be our first time, bro. I, like, I don't even know who to pick, though. I yeah, really no, don't. no. That was Derek. I think, I think what does it a lot for you in this one? It felt like you cared about Jay Crowder when you were you were arguing Jay Crowder. You know what I'm saying? Like this was something you actually believe in. You came in, we talking about a guy that do this and that and that. But he came back. Why the fuck is this man on seven teams in four years? You know. <laughs> so that's like like that's that's so great. I, I, I agree with P's points as far as Buddy Hill being in Sacramento, so he can only do so much because he's in Sacramento. I agree with Derek points of, of Jay Crowder being on these winning teams, and it seems like consistently he's on a playoff caliber team. The comments got to decide, bro, because I don't know who I'm giving my personal pick to. I think it was that fucking close. I, I, <sighs> hmm. yeah. I'm sorry. I might have to. I might have to pick D Mills here. And it, it might have to be literally just because I think D Mills started ahead and Pierre was kind of playing catch up with his shit. And D Mills just kind of ended off on that bang. And that, I think that the energy is what kind of kept it off, like you said, because his ass at the end, he's like, who the hell was Buddy Hill? Who the hell was Buddy Hill if he can't hit his shots? Like that shit kind of brought him over. So I'm going to go D Mills. I'll go Pierre. Let's let the comment section decide. <laughs> That's a good one, though. Oh my I like god! I never thought that we'd be doing a podcast where Jay Crowder versus Buddy Hill would be like. That's the greatest moment of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but LeBron and Kevin Durant wasn't. Right, right. <laughs> LeBron and Kevin Durant was a landslide, but Jay Crowder versus Buddy Hill was close. That's crazy. That's a good point. Uh, okay, let's let's do one more cycle, and then we'll wrap up. All right, let's see. Let's see who's going against each other for the very last cycle of today's episode. We have Pierre going on a little back-to-back action against Mike. So that leaves me and D Mills on the second one. Um, let's see what's here. I mean, everybody going against each other today. 
Yep. Is it, oh, that's 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 what it is. Yeah, I had him winning against Mike yet. And here is uh, tier four. We're going back to tier four. Let's see what we get in tier number four. We did LeBron KD P. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, y'all did. Yeah, duh, I'm tripping. Who's first? The, who got first? Was it Pierre who was first? You I got Andre first. Drummond. Okay. Um, Mike, you got <laughs> Mitchell Robinson. So y'all debating for players on opposing teams right there. <laughs> All right, uh, Pierre, you're starting up in three, two, one, go. You're talking about the greatest rebounder in history. I mean, damn near. Drummond is 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 a big body who, in a contained situation, is going to play above expectations. I mean, when you talk about some of his flaws and the goofiness and silliness that comes with his game, it's because he's been in silly-ass organizations. The Detroit Pistons were a laughing stock when he was doing all of that. The Cavaliers don't really have uh, anything solid or solidified for him to follow the lines in. Now, I believe with the Los Angeles Lakers being in a contained environment with guys like Phil Handy, uh, Anthony Davis, he's being coached by a, a defensive head coach and Frank Vogel. You got Jason Kidd as an assistant. You're playing with LeBron James, playoff push, playoff environment, winning. These are things that we're going to see the best version of Andre Drummond, which I think was a scary thing for the league. The league should have wanted him to play for bad teams and bad coaches and bad organizations and environments because now once he sees what winning and focus and defense and when winning plays and the small things means, he's going to be a monster. Mike, your first point starting in three, two, one. We're talking about a young guy that literally just from the gate was already a a good-ass defender that, you know, teams is going to look at to block shots. He was a dude that you could put on, you know, the potential Joel Embiid's or whatever big matchups that you could do. Andre Drummond, you can't really do that because his ass is going to foul out. As much as he greatest rebounder, all that, his ass is kind of he, silly as hell. Still don't know if he's going to do all this stuff in the playoffs as you're talking about. He's still a question mark. That's his biggest thing. That's why his ass was sitting out. As good as his ass is, he has all those issues. Mitchell Robinson, his ass is he disciplined. You know, he, he, he understands what he needs to do. He's going to run the floor hard. He's going to catch lobs. He's on one of the best defensive teams in the damn league right now as we speak. And he is a big reason because of that. Andre Drummond, he just got there. Oh, oh that, that it? No, no, no. I thought that was, that was time. But no, Andre Drummond, he just got there. His ass has had a bunch of silly moments. He's had a couple of good games. But his ass still has some questions he needs to answer. Right, before we just... I'm ready for my rebuttal. All right, rebuttal in three, two, one, go. Uh, when you talk about discipline, it lets me know that you don't watch Nick games. Mitchell Robinson is a guy that can foul out in a heartbeat just as fast as Andre Drummond. He isn't taking the right steps uh, to getting better. And the defense that we have is because of Tom Thibodeau, which is why we still we are. We haven't played with Mitchell Robinson in a very long time. Yo, man, he's broke his hand. He's been out. Drummond, again, when he's playing in these environments with these coaches and these players and in the playoff push for the first time, he's going to be a monster coming out of it because it's the small details that he's missing. And once you take out the goofiness, he's elite. Mike, your last rebuttal before we get to deliberation starting now. Andre Drummond, like I said, his ass is good. The spot he's in, shit is one of the best spots his ass can be in right now. He fumbles a bag. That's just going to show you his ass is kind of just like a damn, I don't know. He's kind of like the empty set. As much as I don't want to say it, he could be the damn empty sets because I've seen it. Him give up 20, he him score 20 points, but his ass is not doing shit on the defensive side to block shots. He's not in the right spots at the right time. He's not on the actual help defense. And this dude that is kind of selfish at times, dude, doesn't love to pass out of the post and gets caught and gets his team stuck in bad spots. 
All right, that's that's a wrap. That's a wrap. D Mills, what you thinking? <sighs> Mike, you had some. You had you tried to make an argument, but then you hurt yourself when you really said that Mitchell Robinson was a big part of why the Knicks had good defense because he hasn't played most of the year. Because like P said, he broke his hand. So like that argument, that that part was like he took you out the gate with that one. So I'm, I'm giving my point to P. I think I'm giving my point to P as well. Um, it, it happened again, though, Mike. Your rebuttals are significantly better than your one minute, you know, times. Um, I think you could have you could have went harder on Drummond. I think so too. Yeah. It's, it's as weak. He's, he's one of the worst free throw shooters ever. Offensively, he doesn't have any skill. But yeah. you were you were going towards that. You know, he has possessions where he want to be a post scorer when he can't score in the post. Those are the type of things you could have hit up. Um, but I think I think Pierre was composed, kept it going. Um, I believe that probably Mitchell Robinson is the better player at this point in their careers. But I think Pierre did a, a more compelling job or better job making a compelling argument for for John. And he knew and he watches Mitchell Robinson, so he knew how to point out Mitchell Robinson. His little flaws, oh. yeah. You yeah. you know who I'm riding with. I'm going with my boy Mitch. And and I know Mike gonna go with Drummond, little Laker fan having that. Ooh. <laughs> they said the the first game against Utah's ass was going crazy. I uh, I put out a tweet on the through the wire account, right? It's a picture I put today's episode is a picture of Jay Crowder. And Buddy Hield, right? Um, and somebody said in the comment section, Hield is better, but I'd rather have Jay Crowder on my team. The, hey, that's like That's the argument. That's the argument. That's the argument right there. Um Okay, so now it's me and Derek, the last one of the episode. Hey, if you got to this point, be sure to leave a like, five stars on all platforms. We could do this shit every couple months because this has been fun. Did you and D Mills go? This no, we right we about to right now. Go right now. Right. Here we go. D Mills. We are going to tier Number number one, D Mills. Let's get oh, to the we're finishing on number one. Let's get to the super size, baby. All right, so I am debating for James Harden. Oh shit! You are debating for Giannis. Oh, this they these are two guys who was throwing shots at each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, am I going first? Is that was that we decided? Yeah, okay. James Harden is pound for pound probably the one of the best scorers we have ever seen in the game of basketball. Not only just that, he is one of the most elite playmakers we've ever seen in the game of basketball. This man had two weeks of him being on the team, fat, unhealthy, out of shape, playing terrible, got traded to a new team, and everybody's like, we don't even care about those first two weeks, dog. This man deserved to be in MVP conversations. Kevin Oran is out. Kyrie Irvin is out. But guess what? The Brooklyn Nets are still very damn good. This team has four other players that should be rotational players without KD and Kyrie on the team. And James Harden makes them feel like they are back to being one of the greatest teams in the league. He is that nice. Earlier in the show, we were talking about Steph Curry on one of the hottest streaks in NBA history. There's a graphic that went out yesterday of games straight of 40-plus points. James Harden had 36 36 oh no no 32 which doubled the second player of kobe bryant who has 16 he is one of the most lethal players in the history of basketball no if ands or buts about it and he probably should have more than just one mvp award you got three two one we're talking about a two-time mvp a guy that is a defensive he won defensive player of the year and mvp in the same year a dude that is a walking double double at the wing position do you know how hard that is Usually you only see that in bigs. Giannis is literally going to give you 30 and 14 rebounds a night, damn near. And 
when he and he's added that little mid range game to his offense, and it's just like he's taking his game to another level. I feel like Giannis is a dude that's consistently gotten better defensively. He helps his team. And one thing about Giannis is that his body language is never negative. We saw James Harden walk out, and like his body language is all bad, and he hurts his team. And like he's Giannis has always been known as one of those dudes that he is a locker room guy. Everybody seems to love to be around Harden, and when shit ain't going right. He's still not in that negative mindset of like, oh, I don't want to be here or nothing like that. He's going to come out and he's going to give you that work every night. And I feel like Giannis is a dude that you could play at that small ball five. When you put him at that small ball five, the Bucks is a completely time. different Two-time MVP can't take the last shot of the game. You made the argument for Chris Middleton earlier when the game is on the line. The ball is in Chris Middleton's hands. When the game is on the line, when Kyrie and Kevin Durant is there, James Harden still is getting shot attempts, y'all. That's how good of a player he is. You talk about a locker room guy. It, how many people have you seen come out and say, I hated playing with James Harden. James Harden has got so many people paid. Are you kidding me? You stand in the corner and hit threes. Oh, I'm PJ Tucker. I'm making $16 million a year. That is the type of player that James Harden is. He is the guy when it matters the most. Last rebuttal, starting at three, two, one. Well, guy, you talking about he does it when it matters the most. Where has he been in the playoffs? You talking about a dude that's always getting bounced. Come on now. You talking about a dude that consistently can get shut out of a game because he don't know how to play win, winning basketball. You talking about a dude that's consistently going to come out and ISO the whole game. We're seeing him look better now because he's playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two dudes where he has to get them the ball and they're going to make the game a little bit easier for him. But when you put him with the Houston Rockets where he just bang, bang, bang the whole time, don't really contribute to winning basketball. The Golden State Warriors time bounce this man out the playoffs. I bro. love that big, big, big. Yeah, for real, bro. <laughs> I wish there was a second rebuttal because everything you just said applies to Giannis, too. Where the fuck has he been in the playoffs? <laughs> That's why I used it. <laughs> All right, deliberation. This is just like the Jimmy Butler and Jokic one. Um, I'm giving Contreo this much of a slight edge, and this is why I did Your first response, you had me going, and you was talking shit for majority of both your statements. But I, and it's, this is a, a, a normal thing, a trait I see in all your arguments. You have this small window where you talk about some shit that just is irrelevant to me. Like you were talking about, like the locker room shit, that was just irrelevant to me. Mm -hmm. and, and I felt like it fucked you up because you was getting into Giannis playing at small ball five and being in there. And I think that was a whole different conversation of his versatility. But you weren't able to get to it because you wasted so much time talking about locker room shit, which... Uh, unless one of them really fucked up a locker room, it's always isn't irrelevant. Unless like, which he we, brought a gun to the locker room. Yeah, like <laughs> it rarely doesn't happen when you're talking about one of the top seven players is fucking up a locker room. Really, that's mm -hmm. never really a thing. So if you if you ain't say that, and you would have got to him being more versatile, which I think is what I would have used with Giannis. Um, mm -hmm. I think you would have had it, but that 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 that, that rebuttal was. Man, if, yeah, it was it was there. I had one more this. point if I had ten more seconds, but I let my. I had one more point too. <laughs> no, one the one point, point no, the locker room that shit was like a stretch. But I, he could have said that like who the hell coming out saying they don't want to play with Jane Hart like they some shit about that. He could have said, bro, his ass played with Chris Paul, his ass played with Westbrook, and they ass won it out like that shit did not work. Like he's played with great point guards and shit like that. He literally had to go play with Kyrie and Katie to be on this type of like this pedestal right now. But if you would have said some shit like that, it would have went with your way, Mills, but I'm going to go KB. The last point that I had 
mm-hmm. was um, Kyrie Irving is one of the greatest point guards of all time. And then James Harden came to his team and Kyrie Irving was like, you know what? I'll be a shooting guard now, my guy. I'll be a shooting guard. You you are a point guard. So, um, I was going to say how he shit the bed in game six against the Spurs. Mm. Hey, and hey, Dare, you good at this, bro. You actually, nah, yeah, you, you did, better did, at this than I expected. Good-ass job, bro. Yeah. You did a good-ass job. That was great. The great debate episode. We gave him an hour of debates. It don't feel like that, but we gave him <laughs> an hour know. of debates. Um, like I said earlier, leave a like, man. All those things are super important. It'll let us know. Uh, the, the feedback is important. Mike is always in the comment section, so I know he sees the positive and the negative stuff. But be sure to leave it um, because a lot of the stuff is super close. So we want to hear y'all opinions on who won what debate. Um, and then, Mike, for next comment of the day, let, let us know what you see in that comment section what people are thinking about about who won what debate. Facts. And um, shit, I got to get to MLB the show. So we appreciate y'all. We'll see (laughs) y'all on Saturday. And we out. Peace. Peace.